Hey everybody, welcome to the Love Better Podcast. This is Emily. And I'm Scott. We're so glad you joined us today for another conversation that we hope will help us love better and in turn make the world a little bit better. Today, the topic we're talking about is criticism. Is it helpful or hurtful? Yes. The answer is yes. Thanks for joining us. I think we settled that really nicely. <laughs> hey, now, why don't you start by telling our listeners about your storytelling school because you did an exercise with your attendees that I think fits really well into this. It's true. It really kind of moved up the timeline of this conversation, this topic. We've wanted to talk about criticism in the past, and it became so clear the other day as we got the day started. I uh, did a class for 10 people who want to write their stories called Storytelling School, and it was wonderful. But we always start the day, I like to start the day having everybody learn how to handle the inner critic that always tells you your story's not interesting or unique enough or this or that. You know, there's always these negative um, stories that run around in our heads and often they were planted there by somebody or they just are born out of our own questions or fears. I asked everybody to write down some of the things that they hear from their inner critic and, and we do an exercise to silence them. And when I asked them to do that, immediately people knew exactly what to write. Nobody was sitting there thinking, oh, I don't know if I have one or not. Everybody was like, boom. You know, they know exactly that negative thing that they hear in their minds that is paralyzing to their creative process, to their um, process of wanting to write their story or beginning to write. And it's not an unusual situation. I mean, every the reason that you know I even did that exercise is because a well-known writer uh, who's written a book, a very successful book called Bird by Bird, Anne Lamott is the writer. Uh, this happens to her after having published, you know, bestsellers, and and she still has to silence her inner critics. But that exercise, and even you know, tears, you know, happening in the room as people are beginning to look at what, what are the, some of the things that, that keep them from writing. I just got to thinking that that's not a unique situation to people who are writing, but really all of us have been affected by a critic in our life. And how can we become people who are able to help one another without being hurtful? You've heard us mention Storytelling School, so I will take a moment out of the podcast to invite you to the next Storytelling School. If you're ready to start writing your story, but you need a little help, guidance, and instruction on how to do that, join us April 17th, and you can go to emilysutherland.me for all the details on what you'll learn and how to sign up. Do we even need to say anything? You know what I mean? Right. Like sometimes I think as people, we just feel like it's our job to not just criticize, but even just comment on what people want to do and why they should or should not do that. And many times it's not even our place right. to even say anything. But for those instances where we have had people sound off on, our hopes, our dreams, our plans, who we are, um, we often 
feel the criticism, and then that just festers in our brain. I, I even wanted to ask you, Em, um, when you made the decision to start the storytelling school, I was so proud of you because I remember you texted me one day and you said, hey, I went ahead and put this school online and you just did it. And yeah, I want to ask you what what was going through your mind as you, even over time, were thinking about doing the storytelling school and then what just made you go for it? <laughs> well, I'll, in short, the inner critic definitely kept me from doing it for a long, long time. I've always wanted to do it. I've had several people over the years say, why aren't you already doing this? You know, um, I would come. I know so many people would want to come. But you, you think that in, in your life that there's going to be some moment where you automatically know, like, I know enough to teach this class. <laughs> or And then then there came a point of, I know that I know enough to teach this class, but do other people really trust that or understand that that level of experience that would allow me to help guide someone else through the process of writing their story? And I just had to stop questioning whether I was <laughs> good enough. I'm using air quotes because, you know we all, I think, struggle with, am I good enough to do this? And one day I just really, I had been praying and meditating on next steps. You know, what, what is the right next step for me? And that became so clearly the next thing I needed to do. And so I just stopped overthinking it and stopped questioning. I, I literally just silenced the inner critic that was like, I mean, are you the one to do this or not, Emily? You know, I mean, maybe you're not. And I just did it. And I thought, you know what? If there are three of us or two of us that show up, great. I will have helped one or two people to help tell their story. And pretty quick, you had several registrations right away. So mm -hmm. whatever criticisms you had that kept you from actually starting it earlier, those were silenced. Right. Yeah. So I... That's why I feel like I can lead that exercise because I have to do that all the time, you know, um, anytime I sit down to write. But it's not just about writing, you know. I think we all have had people in our lives that said things to us um, that stuck with us and maybe kept us from really seeing ourselves accurately or trying things that were out of our comfort zone. Because everything's out of your comfort zone until you get good at it. You know, we can't get good at anything without trying something new, trying things that we haven't mastered yet. And I just think that a lot of people deal with that. And I had a fifth grade teacher who um, just re in passing, I'm sure she would have no idea that, that her words sunk so deep. But I literally did not think I was smart for years because of some quick little comment that she made in class. And so I, because I've had to silence the inner critic, you know, I, I know all about it. <laughs> but when it comes to relationships, I feel like we all have to kind of find that sweet spot between being authentic, being honest with the people in our lives in ways that are helpful to them. And where is that line where it becomes hurtful? And that's what we're going to talk about today. And I think you've been really good at that for me. You have helped me a lot, Scott. Tell, uh, help, you've helped 
strengthen weak spots with me, but you've done it in a way that was not devastating. Yeah, I can say that, I mean, for for you and our relationship, in what you just said, I, I mean, I think that just really comes out of the fact that I genuinely want you to be able to step into or just simply thrive in what you're already good at and even continue to learn and anything that I can do to help you do that. Um, I mean, that's, that's what I want to do. So I, like, I, I can't, I can't imagine saying something that would tear you down or, or criticize your desire to learn and grow and, and thrive and enjoy, um, your dreams. So I guess, you know, and even when I think back about growing up and all the messages, even that, that I had, I mean, the thing that I wanted to do more than anything was play baseball. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I wasn't really good in school. I had such a hard time staying focused in school. So I was, I was not a good student. Um, but what I was really good at, what I really wanted to focus on the most was, was baseball. And so I remember I had a couple coaches that, um, were particularly critical of my speed. And so I was, (laughs) I was not the fastest runner, uh, around the bases, but man, I just, I do remember getting the message once that I would never, I would never make it to the major leagues because I was too slow. Mm. And so even in those moments when I would just even go out to my backyard and just, just run sprints, you know, just trying to get faster and faster, there was still that message that played in my head, which I think for many people, messages like that can be a driver and it drives them to succeed and it, it drives them to even silence that critic. And I, I would understand that. For sure, but for some reason, the way I'm made up and the way my personality is, that message was just like a big, heavy weight that I was carrying. Sure. Uh, almost, almost like I was carrying it while I was trying to run faster, which made me slower. Mm. And so, hmm. um, you know, I, I mean, certainly, I wish that that I had that kind of perspective where I could um, use that to to thrive and to. Prove people wrong. Um, prove people wrong and, <laughs> and all of that. But it but for whatever reason it didn't. So I think a lot of times we underestimate how self-fulfilling those critical words can be. You know, I hear you saying somebody tells you you're slow and it actually made you be slower, you know, run slower. Or uh, more slowly, if you want to do the correct English. I think it's because I, I believed it. I was so I remember being so trusting, and I think still to this day, I'm still somewhat trusting, even though I feel like I've lost a lot of trust in in just people in general. Most but most of us adults um, have. <laughs> it's like the older we get or something. <laughs> a little tainted. But when I was world. younger, I mean, I was very trusting of of people in my life. I I mean, I would. Believe my that. default was was trust, and so I I would believe what people would say. Sure. I think there's probably a little part of us that even if we don't believe somebody or if we know that maybe they're just in a grouchy mood or whatever and they are, they said something hurtful, even if we kind of know, 
that it's not true, it's hard not to absorb it. And I just think that when we're talking about having relationships that actually make a difference in the world and, and starting at home, I think that it's worth mentioning that criticism versus authenticity needs to be defined. <laughs> and I think really authenticity at home, you know, you, you hear people saying, well, I was just being honest, you know, well, there's a way to be honest where it's not mean. And I think if we define criticism as, as being mean spirited or, or something that is said or done to hurt somebody, I think that's how I would define criticism and authenticity is honesty, but there's there's kindness, there's compassion and empathy mixed in there. And so I think for the rest of this podcast, I would love for us to talk about ways that we can turn criticisms that we have into something that's either helpful or non-existent. <laughs> Agreed. Right? Um, and you have been really good at this, uh, and I think this is something that we have both worked on in our relationship over the years, that we have tried to learn to be honest with one another, not overlook things that need to be talked about or dealt with, but to do it in a way that's helpful. And we have not always been perfect about it, and there are times when we get cranky and, and you know, we're not, we're not perfect at it by any means. But I think there are some criteria that would, that is... Um, that can help us kind of delineate between I'm just being authentic versus that was kind of mean and unnecessary. And I think when you hear somebody say, I'm just trying to keep your feet on the ground. <laughs> you ever heard that? I think that really the purpose of authenticity, of honesty and relationship is not to put somebody's feet on the ground. I think that's not our role. No. Right? To, to like, let me just make sure you're, you know, you feel small enough that, you know, I have a dig here or there that makes you feel down to size. I don't think that's our job as people. No, what it's do you not. Think? No, it's not. And it's never helpful. But one of the things we did as we were just preparing for this podcast, we did write down some differences between criticisms and authenticity. And one of them is criticism is about bringing people down to earth authenticity is about lifting people up. And I think that speaks to what you were just saying before about how we feel uh, or people feel like we just got, I'm just trying to put, just trying to help you keep your feet on the ground. Right. Well, the world's you know? real good at keeping everybody's feet yeah. on the ground. I don't think we need to, especially in our homes. Uh, I don't think we need to discourage one another any more than we already are. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah, I agree. I think that part of creating a safe environment at home is to not feel like we have to be the person that makes everybody feel small, you know. Right, exactly. No, but, but not, lift each other up. It's not keep them down to earth. It's help them launch. Right, but you know, like if if someone comes to us, like a family member comes to us, and you know, hey, what do you think about this thing I did? You know, it, it's important to talk about all the good things that are there, and if there's something that needs work, say, you know, I. I, I a good, a better, a better way to express that might be to say, you know, I, I like the idea behind this, but it's a little unclear, or maybe you need, um, to spend a little more time on it. Or what about asking questions? Questions is a really good idea. 
Like what question? So I bring you my English paper and I'm 11 and you're my dad. <laughs> and I say, you know, how's, how's my paper? Well, after obviously reading through it, if there was something I didn't understand or, you know, wanted to know why you worded something the way you did or just what you were trying to say, I might ask the question of, so what did you mean by saying and yes. then whatever that is? Or right. what were you hoping the reader would get from this? Or right, some, yeah. I don't know, something Something like that. that helps them to do their own analysis maybe. We don't need to bring people down to earth, but lift them up. And another another one that we thought of was about uh, criticism usually uh, often breeds self-righteousness. Like, I know something that you don't. Like, um, I can't believe you did that. <laughs> I can't believe you uh, said that thing on social media. <laughs> I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> Oh man, I didn't mean to bring up a sore subject, but I'm just saying that would have been self-righteous of me because I've said stupid stuff too. So how could authenticity, um, address it without being critical? Maybe by, in, uh, recognizing our own imperfection or the times that we've blown it. So rather than I can't believe you, blah, 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 maybe it's, boy, I understand how that could happen because I've made mistakes like that too. And I think authenticity levels the playing field where usually criticism is an attempt for me to feel better about myself and to make you feel smaller or right. less right. Another one is criticism is about controlling others. Authenticity is about empowering others. Yes. I, I do think that is a big deal. When I, I mean, I, my context is uh, a critical board members uh, from organizations that we've been part of. And, you know, a lot of times it's, you know, whatever small decision was made that somebody didn't like, it's, it's, well, I just, you know, didn't like how this company did this or that. And it's because they, they want a voice. They want to say, say what goes. And I think rather than trying to control decisions by criticism and, D demeaning uh, comments, authenticity would maybe um, speak into a situation, ask like like you're saying, asking questions about how did the, how was this decision reached? How did you decide on that color of carpet or whatever? You know, I think leveling the playing field rather than it trying to be about I didn't. No one asked me what color carpet, so I'm not going to like it. You know. Right, and I think, too, even just about the whole controlling um, um, thing, <laughs> not thing, that's not the word I want to use. Um, I, I think of, when I think about control, for some reason, a lot of times I think about the workplace. And, you know, the idea of leading up I love so much because you, as a leader, are looking truly to empower uh, the people that you're leading, instead of feeling threatened uh, that someone might have a better idea than you, or mm -hmm. wow, that was really innovative. I wish I would have thought of that. Well, I'm gonna, I'm gonna insert my ability to control you and and not allow you to, you know, thrive in in what you're doing. Uh, a lot of times when we try and control, we feel threatened. True. 
That's a good point. And a really good example. I think everybody in leadership who has, you know, ever seen anybody under them do a really amazing job, there's a certain amount of humility that you have to take on or you feel threatened if somebody's rocking it, you know. And in order to truly lead, you've got to get people underneath you that that are doing an amazing job. And that's not something to be threatened by. Agreed. So how do we empower people authentically rather than criticize? By putting them out there. Right. By giving them the chance to do something and risk failing and not shame them if, if and when they fail at something, but then to sit down and say, okay, let's take a look at that. Okay, what do we do different next time? Right. And put them right back out there again. I had a great... One of really, quite frankly, one of my very best uh, bosses I ever had was in one of my first jobs right out of college, and that's exactly what he did. His name uh, was Gary Swires, and and he uh, just put me out there all the time. He'd put me in places of leadership, and sometimes things that I figured he would he would do, and he was willing to let me do some things sometimes, and and to lead, and and it just gave me probably more confidence than I'd ever had before. Sure. And, and so it's, it's, it was a good example for me even now. Um, cause hopefully I'm doing that with the people that I'm leading, uh, right now in my job. You know, it's so helpful when you have somebody in your life who has led you that way. And if you're out there and you're like, man, I wish I had a boss like that. You know, if you've never had an example of somebody that knows how to lead or to, you know, to speak in a way that is truly honest feedback, you know, they give you good, honest feedback, but it's not mean or, you know, mean hearted or, or discouraging. Um, man, it's, it's hard to imagine, you know, how to learn these things if you don't, if we don't have role models. And if you didn't have a role model, it's pretty essential to the world and to your world to become one and to maybe be the person that changes how, how it's done, whether it's in your family or your workplace, because that really empowering people authentically instead of criticizing, it just changes the entire atmosphere of any place, whether it's home, whether it's an office or organization. And it certainly has changed your story, you know, working for somebody like that early in your life. And that was a huge, it gave you a huge advantage. Yeah, for sure. Um, here's another one. Um, criticism silences where authenticity opens up conversation. And yes. then there's criticism breaks trust. Authenticity breeds trust. Okay, yes. <laughs> so true. Here's another one. Criticism is about the critic. Authenticity is about the relationship. And I think that doesn't need a lot of explaining, but certainly those who criticize are telling you more about themselves than they're telling you about yourself. This one kind of goes back to what you we were talking about earlier, particularly in the workplace. Criticism implies authority. Authenticity implies equality. Right. We're all just humans. Even if you are, you know, someone's superior in a work situation, we have to, remember that we're all 
human beings and that levels the way that we speak to one another just because someone has authority doesn't make it okay to to treat somebody in a way that just reminds them that they're not the one in charge you know that that's not helpful but it's often done out of fear and threats and it's just not I, I can't imagine working in an environment where that's how it, how it goes but I know many people out there are dealing with that well and when that goes unchecked then you get into abuse of authority Ugh, don't get me started the fruit of criticism is pain the fruit of authenticity is healing and I think that is a good that is all-encompassing globally every facet of life we definitely need healing for sure don't we though so figuring out a way to engage someone honestly that doesn't create pain it's not doing something to create pain in someone or to bring them down to size but with their healing and their their story in mind boy it sure would change how a lot of people feel about themselves really the voice of criticism hinders growth the voice of authenticity fosters growth and i think that's kind of a long the the long reaching effects of learning to give people in your life feedback in love in kindness in with empathy over time you're going to see people take off you know you've seen even people that you worked with even a couple of years ago grow rapidly because because you gave them honest feedback in a way that was helpful to them and helped them grow over time criticism really like stagnates growth oh it does and and i think it doesn't matter how young or old you are i think uh criticism hinders growth no matter your age and no matter where you are in life for sure so, and then finally, criticism blocks intimacy. Authenticity invites intimacy. And that is so true. I mean, I can tell you that um, when people are criticizing me, I don't want to be around them anymore. Right. <laughs> I mean, yeah. to be perfectly honest, I, will, I avoid them most of the time. I, I can remember a, a particular person I used to work with uh, many years ago. Um, they would come in and just be critical of everything and everyone for a short amount of time, just like get it all off their chest and leave. And it was like a bomb went off in emotionally, you know, in the workplace. And then all of a sudden the next day they would drift in and Hey, how's everybody doing? And it's like, we remember yesterday when you were in here, you know, <laughs> machine gunning criticism around I couldn't just like forget that and it was like the next day when somebody would come in and think that we had all forgotten and like and so nobody wants to be close and be trusted you know trust that kind of person that can just come in and just unleash the fury and then come in the next day and not mention it not apologize and like just nothing like happened keep going. yeah and I think you know if you if you do unleash the fury sometimes there's some trust that has to be rebuilt and it's important and worth it because you know it's not that you have to be perfect but if people do not feel 
that you're on their side, you know, and for them in the way that you express needs, you know, what you need or what ways that they need to grow or improve, um, boy, it's isolating. I would think it'd be isolating because you definitely can only get so far in a relationship if, if people don't trust you. And so true. Well, so we came up with six questions to ask yourself before you even attempt to give any feedback. And so kind of moving criticism to more of a positive outlook of giving feedback, not criticism, but feedback. Here are six questions to ask yourself before you even think about saying anything. Yeah. What's the first one? Well, consider, so let's say somebody's out in your home is doing something that's driving you crazy. What is my goal in talking to this person about this? Is it going to just be to vent? You know, is my goal just to get it off my chest? Or is it to help that other person or the, or the home or the workplace environment? Is, this, is there going to be a bigger positive than just me get, unleashing some horrible thing because I want it off my chest? Yeah, are you trying to get a better understanding of that person and what they're thinking or what they're doing? Right. Okay, right. second one is, am I the best person to say this? And that kind of goes back to what you were saying at the beginning. You know, many times people feel like it's their job to criticize or give feedback when maybe they're not the right person to do that. Maybe they should just be quiet. Um, I know some people that would probably be really shocked that they aren't the person that needs to deliver I know. Yeah. criticism all the time. Right. You know, I mean, I've made no secret about the fact that I grew up in churches and I'm going to tell you some of the critical, most critical people I've ever met yeah. along the way were, were people who worked in church. And I'm telling you, they would be shocked to think that they were not helping the world with their words. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if you think that you are in someone's life and you're supposed to be the person doing this, I mean, are you really being invited to be that kind of person? Right. Have you been given a voice in that person's life that, that they even want to hear your thoughts on Yeah. On their choices or whatever it is? Yeah. Is the right, is the timing right? That's the third one. Um, maybe you're the person to speak into something, but you have, you kind of have to feel out the best timing. You know, if somebody's going through a major life crisis, if they're ill, if they are, you know, really in a place where they, with this would not be helpful feedback now, but maybe a month from now or a week from now would be better timing. Or maybe you're not in a place where you can really share it in a way that's helpful. Uh, it's okay to take some time. I think we get in a rush, like I just need to settle this and get it over with so I can move on. Sometimes we need to give things a little bit of time to brew and make sure that we are, you know, addressing things in a way that's truly mutually beneficial. <laughs> and so is, is the right timing, I think, help, helps us to wait until our thoughts and goals are more clear. That's good. Uh, number four, is this about me? 
So asking yourself that question, is this about me? So if someone's done something or said something that brings up your own fears or insecurities, it is, it, it is import, it's important to acknowledge the other person that the story you're telling yourself may or may not be accurate and you want to understand their intent. Right. So a lot of, a lot of the need to, to criticize might just be about my own stuff, my own, you know, yeah, <laughs> my own inner critics. Number five, do I have all the information? Am I making a judgment or criticism based on, you know, partial information? Maybe I don't know the whole story, and I think that I do. I formed an opinion about uh, what someone should have done, could have done, whatever. Maybe, maybe I don't know it all. Shocking mm -hmm. that I wouldn't know it all, but we have to consider the fact that there may be conclusions or facts that we weren't privy to. That's right. And finally, number six, how can I communicate this feedback with empathy and compassion? And you can never go wrong with empathy and compassion. Right. If I were the other person, how would I like to be spoken to about this feedback? Right. And um, boy, that whole golden rule thing is helpful when we're dealing with people and and I do think it's that simple. It really is that simple. If you would like somebody to speak that to you, then take that as a, perhaps a green light that you could speak to somebody else. But if it's something that would not be helpful to you, it's probably not going to be helpful to other people. So we'd love to hear your feedback on this. If you have uh, ideas, questions, things to add, um, ways to turn criticism into helpful, authentic feedback. We would love to hear your ideas in the comments or jump over to our Love Better Facebook page and let's start a conversation. Thanks for joining us, everybody. We'll see you next time. 